Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I am the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm here with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. I'm remote, but I'm here with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Couldn't be side by side today, but the show must go on, right? We got to got to finish through our Compelled by Grace series. Um, yes, that's right. And we're excited to do that. Um, today, we're going to talk about the final kingdom secret that's laid out in the, the book, Compelled by Grace. And and uh, using the workbook also that goes along with it. So uh, just want to remind you, all of you that uh, if you're interested, uh, you can buy the book and the workbook at, on our website at influencers.org. And it's a great, it's a great tool. If you got a season where you're not in a journey group and you have a group of men, you want to just kind of continue on the journey with and talking about principles of abiding. It's a great book for that. And I hope, hope if, if you've been following our podcast series, you would know that, but if you're just perhaps just now tuning in, want to make sure you know that's available. So so Rocky, to, so today our uh, the the final secret um, in the the Compelled by Grace book is big surprise the secret <laughs> of abiding in Christ. Yeah, um, it's kind of the culmination of the whole um, the whole book and really the whole <laughs> what influencers is all about actually. Mm-hmm. But um, but we uh, I love um, you know I refreshed myself on the last chapter of the the book and. And I love uh, the way you painted the picture of the man at kind of at the end of his life and really just reflecting, treasuring up all the things that he's seen and heard and witnessed with by the Lord. And um, and really, really kind of a, you, you painted a picture of a man who is abide, who's abided in Christ his whole life and, and what the joy and, and what he has to look forward to in heaven, which I thought was a you want to talk about that a little bit. What kind of what what your inspiration was there before we dig into it? Oh, yeah, I'll be glad to. Well, the uh, the interesting thing about it is that the narrator in the story uh, is actually the narrator through the process of journey of uh, journey to the inner chamber and all the books that followed that are part of our curriculum, and uh, and basically uh, the books have served to be something that people can get their their heads around as far as human reaction to certain things and the dynamics of biblical truths that do play, play, uh, play a big part in our lives as we begin to look at them and reflect on them. And of course you have a narrator there that's doing that for us. He's telling his story about his um, uh, interactions with his mentor Gabe, but also the other things that go on in his own life where he is growing and understanding and, and and taking what his mentor has said to him and then uh, taking it to his own life. You know, you and I have talked about the Elijah, Elisha uh, aspect. And that is when Elisha lost his Elijah, that, that had to be a very difficult time for him because that was his mentor. Mm. But Elijah had to be taken away for Elisha to be able to go forward and to understand the principles that Elijah had been uh, talking to him about. And I think that's true with a lot of us who have had mentors or people in our life that have been our Elijah's or our Moses uh, in the case of Joshua, that in order for us to go forward, uh, we 
uh, have seen that the Lord has taken those people out of our life. Uh, and it can turn out to be a, it's a difficult thing, but at the same time, it can turn out to be a good thing. And in the case of the narrator, uh, those uh, those gold nuggets that were put into him by Gabe, by his life and life examples, and then the and then the stories that he heard about the man later on that showed the man's character and faith and courage and how how that influenced so many people in in the area that he lived and how it changed the whole climate of that. Uh, places uh, uh, that that get, that surrounded Gabe, the spiritual climate. He could see the impact of a man who walks with Jesus, and then it caused him to follow that man's ways. Uh, now, the narrator is old man now. He's at the end of his very end of his life, and he's already been told that the doctor has said there's nothing else they can do about it. Mm. And so we get that message all the time. Uh, there's nothing else you can do about it, but pray. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> we said all along, well, let's don't let make that the last resort. Let's make that the first thing we do. Right. But there will time. There will come a time uh, that we will hear that word, uh, or those words are most of the time anyway. There's, there's nothing else we can do for her or him, you. And the question is, how do we embrace it? Mm. In his particular case, he embraced it quite well because he he realized that he had lived his life not in vain, but he had lived it correctly and rightly, and, and he looked forward to what would lie ahead for him because of that. Mm. And that's a that's an amazing thought, isn't it? When you want to be able to be at the end of your days, look back and say, you know, I'm not perfect, but I see how I invested my life into some things that now are are going to be of eternal value. Mm. And, and the most important value, the most important thing that I've invested in are those things that the Lord led me to invest my life into. Mm. And, it, and, and generally it's people. It's people that God would have us invest our life into or, or in some way directly or indirectly impacting people to know him better, to know him the first time or to know him more deeply. So that's what that man was doing at that time. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, let me just go ahead and read the definition of the secret of abiding in Christ that you put in the workbook, because I always like your uh, definitions. The kingdom's greatest secret for living a faithful, abundant Christian life is found in abiding in Christ. There will be found no clearer or more important instruction for right living and fruitful service than this guidance Jesus gave to his disciples in the past, and he gives it to us now. When we live in an abiding union with Christ, we will have a life that will live with purpose. We'll finish its race strong and we'll gain the crown of life promised to us. You know, Brian, I truly believe that the secret of abiding in Christ has been a 2000 year old forgotten secret. Yeah. I mean, it is a true, true forgotten secret. Uh, somewhere along the line, our, our Western mentality about doing church became more works driven or performance driven or size-driven, or looking successful. Uh, there are a lot of lot of things that we have had that we value churches on uh, more than the transformed lives that are produced by having an abiding relationship with Christ. And inevitably, we see the programs or the things that we put before people to try to educate them in theology or discover their uh, special spiritual gifts or 
to get them placed uh, in a strategic place, uh, things like that, that we have been program driven toward trying to build a church or develop a church. Generally, you know, after a short while, it runs out of steam and that program is gone and now we're looking for another program. And that's been historical, a problem in the Western church for a long time. And I think it's earnest, earnest people with good hearts trying to figure it out. You know, how do you adapt to the culture? How do you adapt to society as it is now? And I think that's one of the big problems that we have, Brian, is that we try to adapt according to the culture rather than being cross-culture. Because Christianity has always been cross-culture to the society that it was in. Mm. And if it's not, then it's generally uh, falling in line with the things that's going on there and adopting it within the church. And as a result, the church loses its power. But when we go... Go ahead. Well, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say it's it's cross cultural, but it's also countercultural. Sometimes, sometimes you feel like you're just going the opposite way from from the rest of the world. You know, you feel yeah. like you're the Lone Ranger sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, actually, you know, I I don't think the the society and the culture that we have in America in 2021, and then the way it was in uh, 1968 or 1970 or 1975, those areas eras. Uh, I don't think there's anything like it. I think, you know, what we had back then was so much different than it is now. But even then, it was still uh, counterculture. Even then, when we had a pretty good, stable family, uh, you know, and different things and and values and everything within a country, it still was counter to it. Mm. And the reason why is because, you know, this, this, and the following Christ is never going to adapt well within a normal culture because a normal culture is driven by the value system of the world. And that's counter to the value system of the Lord. But going back to the 2000 year forgotten secret, <laughs> which is abiding in Christ. Uh, I never heard about it before. I, I discovered in my own research and and, and when I talk about research, I'm not just talking about reading the scripture in John 15. I've read the scripture many times, but I never did ask the question, what does that mean? What does that mean to me, mainly? What does it mean to me? What am I looking at? I'm looking at my life and I'm seeing frustration. I'm seeing some things that I'm trying hard, but it's not working for me. What, what's missing? What's missing? And I think when we become a seeker, the Lord is a great teacher. And that's when he began to show me that secret. And that was, I was missing that abiding connection with him. And, you know, uh, that, uh, that took uh, root in 2001 when we began the first journey group. And, you know, influencers has always been vertically oriented about that one thing about abiding in Christ. All the other things were about getting people to abide in Christ. So it's all about that. It's nothing else. It's about abiding in Christ. And from that, we believe that it will influence our world around us, including our, our group that we're in. And we'll build relationships that way that are really deep, covenant relationships. But the fact is, is that I would say probably since we began this uh, emphasis, uh, thank God that he's giving more and more people understanding that they're seeing it, the truth of it. And it's not only happening with individuals, but it's happening with churches and it's happening with pastors. They are finally seeing it. 
that that's been the missing thing in the ministry. And the most important thing that we do is to help the body of Christ learn to abide in Christ. Mm. Because therein is where a disciple is able to become a laborer and a laborer is able to impact their world. Mm. And that's what, that's what Christ said, pray for, pray for laborers. The laborers come, uh, they come out of discipleship, true discipleship. And discipleship requires abiding in Christ. Otherwise, it's only another program. You know, I just I just heard a uh, pastor of a of a mega church in America. A lot of people would know. I won't say his name, but but he he just recently was talking about how um, God had got his attention. God slowed him down long enough to help him see that that we need to be more like Jesus. And he said, you know, Jesus was unrushed. Jesus had time for people. Jesus, you know, went through life in a different kind of pace because Jesus was abiding with the father, you know, and how we need to be more like Jesus, you know, and I was thinking, gosh, he's speaking our language, Uh, but he was just like, um, and I'm thankful we have a tool to help people figure out how to do that. Um, But, but let me read John 15, because this is really was your inspiration in the beginning of what you just talked about, about uh, trying to figure it out. So Jesus is talking to his disciples right before he, they had no idea that he was going to be arrested later that night. And, uh, and they would never see him again after he got uh, until he rose from the dead. But he says, I'm the true vine. My father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may be bear even more fruit. You're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown in the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, You'll abide in my love, just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So Mm. we talk about a lot in the journey. um, And uh, this was, you know, in the stories you put forth and all that, you're showing examples of what it looks like, you know, to abide and all that. So, yeah. um, But it seems to be something that people are always trying to figure out a little, even in the journey groups I've led, people are still trying to wrestle with, what it means to abide in him. So what, once you give, what do you think after all these years now, what do you think, how would you sum up what it means to abide in Christ? It, it's uh, incredibly simple, but um, overwhelmingly hard. Yeah. It's overwhelmingly so much that we finally give up and say, I can't do it. I need help. And the first thing he's going to say would well, then release your Release your life to me. Mm. Let go. Let go of what you've been holding on to. Let go of the things that have been hindering this abiding that I want to give you. Uh, You've got to learn to trust me. You've got to release the things that you're afraid of. You've got to release the things that are sin in your life that keeps getting in the way of us. Those things hinder the relationship, I think Jesus would say. And I think Jesus will say, look, I want to give you everything here. I want to, I just want to, 
I want to pour so much on you and give you so many blessings and use you in such amazing ways. And the only thing that's going to keep me from blessing you, like you can't understand or believe, will be you. And the question is, what will you do? What will you give up to be able to take that which I want to give to you? And with me, I began to understand that the things that I was holding down to were counterfeits. They were, they never did last. They never did. You know, the greatest thing I had going for me was my marriage and my family. And, uh, and the Lord said to me, you know, you love me, you got to love her. I mean, that's one of the first commandments he has. He, just, he, he, he knows that I'm not to put her before him. But what I have found is when I love Jesus more than my wife and my children, I'm able to love them better. Mm. And I think that, that is, that's one of the keys for abiding with Christ is that when we make him our priority, he makes life better. He makes relationships better. He gives us a perspective about life and about people and about ourselves that we can't get by ourselves. And that's why I say that the programs that we try to invent to produce disciples and to evangelize and to grow churches and impact the communities and impact our nation, if they are not at the core getting people to an abiding relationship with Christ, they will not have the supernatural empowerment of the spirit on them. And so what, what I would say is the Lord has taught me is if you want to do it right. And if you want to have whatever you do, uh, empowered by me and under my authority, then you must abide with me. Mm. Well, you, you've got a little uh, in, in the book, there's, I want to read a little excerpt because you're the narrators uh, toward the end of the book. It's the last chapter. He's having a dialogue with God about abiding. And, uh, mm. and he, and he, you, you wrote what God said to him was um, when my children abide with me in their daily walk, a mystical attraction surrounds them. This attraction speaks to a hidden need lying deep within mankind. The influence of men and women who walk with me is caught by others in the best way. It is modeled by the way they live their lives. The people of this world are so beaten down, confused, and disheartened by their lives that when they observe people who live above this conflict and confusion, they want to know why. For this reason, I do not exempt my children from problems non-believers have to endure. Because of this, I know there are people in my family who are confused and don't understand why I do not remove their problems from them since I have the ability to do so. But if they would only realize it's because I want to use them for the redemption of others who do not know me, that I leave them in the trial. It's in their trials and challenges, their witness is, a meaning, is meaningful to the people of this world. For this reason, I help my children endure and conquer their fears in the midst of trials rather than remove them from their trials. Mm -hmm. How relevant is that today? Yeah. With, with, our, with our society and with the challenges that we have today. You know, uh, this is another example of what I say. I keep saying all along is that the Lord gives me inspiration for these books. I feel like that, you know, he's just saying, just sit down and be quiet and listen to me and write what I tell you. And that book was written in 2010. And how relevant is it today? I mean, how relevant is it for us who live in a society that is get, getting greater hostility toward Christians? Uh, how, how relevant is it in a society that more and more people are living in troubled 
thoughts and troubled perspectives. They, they don't know what the future's like. The, the, the government's letting them down. Uh, the economy is in danger. You know, health uh, issues are all around us and COVID is raging. And, you know, the threats everywhere we look, there's something that's going to be attacking our, our mental stability, our, our emotional stability. And if we're not careful, our spiritual stability. And we've got to have, we've got to have a North Star. We've got to have something we fix our eyes on that helps us to see the world through a different point of view. And that's what we do with Jesus and our abiding relationship with us. He teaches us how to walk through this world and how to not only survive, but thrive. And I really do believe the body of Christ is raised up for times such as this. And it's going to be those people who abide with Christ that are going to exude his spirit uh, shining through them. People will see this and it's going to resonate in their heart. They're going to want to know what it is about this person. What is, is driving you? What, what makes you, what's going on within you that creates this, this view that I see. And this is, this is when it gets uh, teed up for us to be able to share very clearly. It's about Jesus and the difference he's made in my life. Well, and I think a lot of these people, um, they've tried everything their own way and they it's not working out and they're in a difficult situation and they're looking for hope and they finally give their lives to Christ. And so there might be an illusion that, oh, well, now now it's going to be smooth sailing. Now I don't have any problems the rest of my life now that I've done this, right? Mm. And unfortunately, that's not that's not the way it works, right? I mean, I think, mm. and, and what, but the, what, they, what they will learn, hopefully, is that you're going to have struggles. That's just part of the brokenness of the fall of man and the life we live, this broken life we live in. But you will have a strength that you didn't know you had. You'll have a peace that you shouldn't have. You'll have, um, you'll be a light in the midst of the darkness, um, that you would have never had before. You would, you would have crumbled under it before, but now you can endure it. Don't you think? Oh yes. Matthew six, Brian is such an amazing chapter in the Bible that speaks to the, you know, what, a, what a disciple looks like and, and how we're able to impact our world uh, around us. And one of the things that Jesus said, basically don't, don't fret about those things that you, you think you got to have. Because the Father knows all of that. He knows your needs. But instead, seek uh, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of all those things that you need will be added to it. He'd be taking care of that. But, you know, the Lord is in, is he's going to use these times in a spectacular way to be able to impact this um, world we live in for Christ. And I think in church history, and we might not have a lot of history after this. Honestly, we might be coming at the end of church history. Uh, but I think that if it does go on, uh, and we and we see that we're around another hundred, two hundred years, that this could be one of the most impactful times for the church uh, in helping to bring a great awakening into this country. And honestly, I'm more into a great awakening than I am a you know, a political win here. Mm. Well, I like what, you know, in the definition I read that, or what you wrote that God was saying to the narrator in the story. I mean, I, I just think about 
I'm about to lead a journey group that's virtual. One of my co-guides has ALS. He's on mm-hmm. on a bed, you know, having to use a device. He can't move his arms and he wants to lead a journey group. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the guy's just like just being on the call. He's an inspiration to us. Um, I know another guy that's got a, a cancer diagnosis and multiple people actually, and they have a smile on their face and they're enduring it with, with joy. It's a, it's the craziest yeah. thing that you'd ever seen, you know? And I just, to me, those are examples of, of men who are abiding in Christ, I believe. Yeah. And I think they've embraced uh, the limitations of this world and they, you know, they're not trying to change the limitations. They're just embracing. And, uh, and I think that this is where we have to learn to, you know, look at what we have rather than what we don't have. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, again, I guess people say half, half full glass, half empty. Uh, well, maybe it might be 90% empty. Uh, but if you can fasten on to that 10%, uh, and see it as, uh, that it's eternal, that it's significant, that will it will be rewarded, that it can be purposeful. I think that I, I really do believe that we can learn to thrive in times of sacrifice and in times of even persecution. Mm-hmm. I think we can thrive. We've seen that. We've seen it in persecuted uh, lands now already in China, and Iraq, and other people. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean it. It happens uh, all the time, Brian. Yeah, that we have uh, we have this going on around us, but we hadn't seen it in this country. But we very well will see it in this country. Yeah, and yeah. and I think the only way we're prepared for that is to walk with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I think it's so important what we're doing with influencers and and just keep praying that it's going to keep spreading, and it is spreading. I mean, it's it's organically spreading in ways we couldn't even predict. You know, we're just yeah. so blessed by it. So, so just a few minutes left, Rocky, I was thinking about this. I just thought this was a thought I had. You wrote this book when you were probably in your early 60s, I'm guessing. And then, you know, now you're 76 and I don't know how much time you got left. I don't know how much time I got left, but, <laughs> but, but you could probably more relate to the, you know, back then it was maybe your imagination when you wrote that story about the man reflecting on his life. But now you're, you're an older man reflecting on your life. What, how does it connect with you now? As you think about your life, you know, looking back on your life, if, as if you were that man in that story. Very, very close. <laughs> Extremely close. And, uh, you know, I, I, when I wrote that, I was probably as decrepit as I've ever been. You know, thank the Lord I've been given a little bit of reprieve on that. And I can now stand without, without pain. So that's a big deal. But I, I, I think that I think it's healthy to get to get to a point where we look at our mortality not in a morbid way, but to look at it in a limited way. When, when I was over in Tulsa, uh, Frank, uh, they had the, the gathering of the guys over there, and he, he wanted to pray for me, and, and he had some guys lay hands on me, and he prayed for another 20 years. And I, I told him, don't do that. I don't want to be here 20 more years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out of here. But until I get out of here, you know, I want to, I want to give it my best. And does that give you an idea the way I look at it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not holding on to this world. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to take that trip uh, to heaven. But at the same time, until I do go, I want to make sure that I've given it all here. 
Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't left anything on the, on the field. It's all done. Everything's done. Like Jesus says, finished. And that's what I'll say is I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting when I was reading that, rereading the chapter, uh, it, he's talking about that it had been 20 years since he met Gabe, you know, when he had in the snowstorm in the first book, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, 20 years in whatever, in the story, whatever. And I'm just thinking how it's our 20th anniversary, you know, 20 years of since you decided to lead the first journey group. So it just kind of, yeah. it just kind of seemed relevant to me. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> we, we've just felt like it's uh, it's a significant marker in the history of this ministry. And then we are praying about what's the next 20 look like. And, you know, yeah. if the Lord, if the Lord tarries and doesn't come back first, uh, what's it going to look like? I have no idea what it will look like, but I know what it is essential for it to be a continued blessing that it is and will be. And that is that we all abide in Christ. Yeah. You know, we have to, we have to just always make it about him and make it about our individual walk with him and our collective walk. with Him. And then when we, when we do that, he does great things. And as long as we will do that, I, I think he'll continue to do great things. If he is, if he wants to tarry, he'll still be doing great things here with this ministry. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I, and I, I can bear witness, Rocky. I mean, I've because I've been with you a long time, and you've always uh, practiced what you preach. I mean, you've, you know, the way we run our board meetings, the way any, you know, way we t- train people about starting journey groups, it's always been about don't over over organize it, don't get don't get too in your business, you know, mechanisms yeah. and all that. Abide in Christ, and everything falls into place. If we do yeah. do that, God does all the work that we need done, and it's so true. It's really true. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Rocky. Thanks for uh, making time for it, um, even though you're out of town. So glad we could close this uh, Compelled by Grace series out. So uh, for all of you out there, again, I'll remind you, you can order the book Compelled by Grace on our website and also the workbook that goes with it. If you want to get a few people together and and go through it together, it's a pretty pretty neat study to go through. So anyway, um, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. And uh, be sure and go to our website for other information too. We have resources, we have blogs, we have information on how to get in journey groups. And uh, it, this is journey season. So we're encouraging everybody who's never been through the journey. If you're listening to this, you really need to go through a journey group. I challenge you to do that. It'd be the best thing you could ever do for your, your walk with Christ and for your life in general. Um, if you've gone through the journey, please don't keep it to yourself. Please pray about how you can be involved with helping other people find the journey by you know, people in your sphere of influence. And, uh, and then also please just give your, give your life away, uh, however it can be uh, in your family or in your work or your church. So anyway, uh, thank you for joining us for this uh, series that we just wrapped up. This has been the Influencer Network podcast. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.